from powerhouse lobbying groups like the American Chemistry Council, the Chamber of Commerce, and the National Association of Realtors. Let's hope people actually show up tonight besides some snarky reporters, I told Julia, who personally took it upon herself to make my appearance happen. I wondered to myself whether the whole thing was a bridge too far, a total waste of time. We were doing the round trip in one day after my three-hour radio show and an appearance on Fox and Friends. I should be home eating dinner with the kids, I thought. But then, as we approached the club's driveway, we saw the cars, hundreds of them, lined up, spilling out of the parking lots. The moment we walked into the lobby, I was overjoyed that we had made the effort. The Brat Pack was out in full force. Thank you for coming, Laura, chirped a 40-something woman standing in the hallway with her teenage daughter. Dave Bratt's the man, someone else blurted out. Our boy's gonna win, exclaimed a man who introduced himself as just a plain old farmer. He had come at the last minute after hearing about the rally from his neighbor. A few were wearing can't-stand canter buttons. Most were just neatly dressed, everyday middle-class Americans. We got him right where we want him, Brad insisted, in reference to the incumbent canter, at what was our first face-to-face -face meeting. I laughed and wondered if I would be as optimistic were I in his shoes. Tan, with his sandy brown hair combed back and wire-rimmed glasses, Brat had the look of an all-American prepster. His smile was real and reassuring. More than the average politician, Brat understood the urgent need to disrupt the old GOP hierarchy. Fundamental conservative change would not be possible in Washington unless and until the establishment in both parties was exposed and defeated. For decades on key issues, they had been in an alliance of convenience, working against the interests of everyday Americans. On no issue was this collusion more apparent than immigration reform, a.k.a. amnesty. Over the years, I've developed a pretty accurate rule of thumb for judging the conservatism of Republican politicians. If they refuse multiple requests to appear on my radio show, they're usually up to no good. Case in point, Eric Cantor. Majority Leader Cantor had turned down several invitations from my bookers to join us on the air to discuss his 2013 legislation, misleadingly known as the Kids Act. It was essentially his version of President Obama's Dream Act and would have given a path to legalization to illegal immigrants brought here as children. Cantor thought he could dodge the tough questions by simply avoiding them. That told me a lot. Apparently, it was that same aloof, I don't need to answer to anyone attitude that rubbed the voters of the 7th Congressional District the wrong way as well. In the final week before the June 10th primary, we covered the race every day on radio. I begged Glenn Beck to get involved, and to his credit, he did, by interviewing Bratt on his popular radio show. Radio host Mark Levin had been in the pro-Bratt camp for some time and was also extremely influential. Likewise, the populist website Breitbart played a critical role in this historic primary by covering the race and the issues motivating Bratt's challenge. As for the rest of the media, many of the same people and institutions that looked down on talk radio and conservative websites, they barely touched on the race at all. On June 10th, after my radio show wrapped up at noon, I said a silent prayer for a surprise Brat victory. If he could pull off this sneak attack against Cantor and the big corporatist forces that backed him, anything was possible. None of my staff would take bets on the outcome. We were all too nervous. Later that night, I was celebrating my son Dimitri's sixth birthday at a home of a close family friend. 
Through dinner and cake, I didn't have my cell phone handy. I was so focused on his big day, I had put Brat's big night out of my mind. Their home telephone rang. It was one of my friends, a Brat supporter. Where have you been? We've been trying to reach you. He won. He won. Dave won. Yes, I screamed with a mouthful of frosting still sitting at the dining room table. Those gathered must have thought I had hit the lottery. I ran for the phone where the texts and emails were pouring in. Not long after, I was on Fox News special coverage of the Cantor loss. He really just didn't have very much money, but what he did have was a lot of heart, I said of Brat in a telephone interview with Megyn Kelly. I think there will be a lot of people out there saying this could be the beginning of something really big for the Republican Party. Fox News political analyst Britt Hume disagreed, and he was not alone among conservative commentators in expressing dismay over Bratt's massive upset of the G.